You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm chapter 119, and we'll begin reading in verse number 25. And again, let's read it together, and we'll read down to verse number 32. Verse number 25, ready? Begin. My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. I have declared my ways, and thou heardst me. Teach me thy statutes. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. So shall I talk of thy wondrous works. My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according unto thy word. Remove from me the way of lying, and grant me thy law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I have stuck unto thy testimonies. O Lord, put me not to shame. I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We pray you'd speak to us as we look at your precious, holy, infallible, inerrant, inspired word tonight. Thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for your people and their faithfulness to be in church tonight on a Sunday night uh, because of their desire to learn the Bible and to be encouraged and to be challenged and to be a blessing to one another. And I thank you for the encouragement that this church is to me and to my wife and to our family I thank you for the blessing they are to our church staff. I thank you for all of our workers. I thank you for uh, all of our faithful members. I thank you for our prayer warriors. Uh, Lord, even some who through this time of COVID have not even been able to be here, but they have faithfully prayed, and I thank you for them. I thank you for those who have given financially so that uh, we have been able to continue uh, supporting our missionaries and be able to continue our outreach. And I thank you for the great things we've seen recently with our radio station. I thank you for uh, the many blessings. I thank you for your goodness with the Christian school. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us as a church. Uh, may we not uh, become lazy. May we not become uh, indifferent. But I pray that we would have a, a passion and a fire and a zeal burning inside of us to reach this community with the gospel and to be a lighthouse, and to be a witness, and to see people come to know Christ as their Savior. I pray that you'd help us spiritually. May we grow, and may we become closer to you each and every day. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. We see in Psalm 119, and again, we won't finish the chapter, the uh, psalm tonight, obviously, but I'd like to cover a few verses, and I hope it'll be a blessing to you. It says in verse number 25, my soul cleaveth unto the dust. Well, obviously that's where we came from, right? Uh, God took the dust or God took the the dirt and uh, God formed Adam and God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became what? A living soul. After we die, after uh, our spirit departs from this body and our spirit departs to go to be with the Lord or our spirit uh, departs, not ours, but for a person that does not know Christ, their spirit goes to a place called hell. And by the way, uh, in a place called hell, there is torment. 
And there are fire and flames and there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And uh, you say, well, people don't really believe that stuff anymore. Well, uh, if you don't believe that, then don't tell me about heaven. Don't tell me about Jesus and don't tell me about salvation because Jesus spoke more of hell than he did of heaven. Say, how come? I think he wanted people to avoid that place. I think Jesus wanted to make sure people knew there was a way to escape. And that's why Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. So we see that we are dust and we will return. These bodies will someday return to the dust, dust to dust. We often use that phrase. This verse speaks of our human weakness. Can I remind you? It doesn't matter how many degrees you got on the wall. It doesn't matter how many achievements you've got. It doesn't matter how many titles you've got at work. It doesn't matter how much money you've got in the bank. It doesn't matter how big your house is. It doesn't matter how much stuff you've accumulated. We are all dust. And without God, we are nothing. And the psalmist says here in verse number 25, my soul cleaveth to you, or my soul clings to the dust. He says, God, without you, I am nothing. He says, I need your word. Verse number 25, he says, quicken thou me. That word quicken, it means to make alive, to give new life. He said, God, I need your word because I am so weak. David says, I can't accomplish anything without your word. I can't accomplish anything without your strength. Remember, it was the breath of God that gave man life. It was the breath of God in Ezekiel 37 that took a valley that was filled with dry bones and it made those dry bones to stand up and to walk and it made those dry bones to become a mighty army. And the only thing that was necessary to take a graveyard and turn it into a conquering army was the breath of God. You know what we need this week in our lives? We need the breath of God. We need the word of God. We need to allow God to speak to us every morning. We need to allow God to speak to us throughout the day. We need to allow God to speak to us before we go to bed at night. You say, well, I'm not hearing voices or anything like that. Well, good, me neither. Except for the times I talk to myself. Anybody else talk to yourself? It's okay to talk to yourself, but it's when you start arguing with yourself out loud. That's when there's a problem. But David says, God, I need your word. I need your word to quicken me and to make me alive and to give me new life. You may feel like things in your life are dying. You may feel like relationships are struggling. You may feel like uh, you don't have the energy. You may feel like you don't have the passion. You may feel like you don't have the drive can I tell you what can make a difference? The Word of God in your life can make a difference in every area of your life. This is a living book that gives life to those who read it and those that obey it. Notice verse number 26. We see David says, I have declared my ways and thou heardest me. Teach me thy statutes. That's an interesting verse. What David is saying in verse 26 is he says, God, I've told you what my plans are. I've told you what I want to do. I've told you what I'm thinking about doing. But he says, you know, those don't sound nearly as good as your ways. Those don't sound nearly as good 
as doing it the way that you want it done. It doesn't sound nearly as good as your statute. So he says, I've declared my ways and thou heardest me. Aren't you glad God listens? By the way, sometimes I don't think I'm worth listening to. Now, hopefully tonight is not one of those nights that you're th thinking exactly, Pastor. Glad you finally figured it out. But have you ever said something and after you got done saying it, you thought to yourself, that didn't even make sense to me. Have you ever, am I the only one? Don't, please don't leave me hanging. You know what I'm talking about? It's like you say something and when you get done, you're like, there's no way anybody else understood it because I said it and I still didn't even understand it, right? And so David says, God, I've declared my ways unto thee. He said, and you heard me. And I'm glad God listens. I wonder sometimes if God chuckles and says, boy, they really don't know what they're doing, do they? But I'm glad God listens. I'm glad God cares. I'm glad that we can cast all of our care upon him because he cares for us. Maybe you're here this evening or maybe you're watching the service or listening on the radio and maybe you're thinking nobody even cares. If I were to try to call somebody tonight, they might answer the phone, but they really wouldn't even listen to me. I got news for you. There's somebody who's listening. And there's somebody who wants to hear from you. It's the one who created you. It's the one who loves you so much that he gave his son to die for you. It's the one who cares about you more than you care about yourself. And David said, God, I'm so glad that when I told you what I was thinking, I'm glad that you heard me. But then David says in verse 26, he says, Lord, would you teach me thy statutes? That word teach is found in verse number 26. Look at verse number 12. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Notice with me in verse 33. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes. Notice verse number 64. The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. Verse number 66. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe thy commandments. Verse 68. Thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. Notice with me verse 108. Accept, I beseech thee, the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. Verse number 124. Deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy and teach me thy statutes. Verse 135. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes. Isn't that interesting? In Psalm 119, that over and over and over again, David prays and he says, Lord, I need you to teach me something. Can I tell you, that's what we all need. We need God to teach us something. I am thankful for teachers that I have had in my life. I was thinking this week and I, I started to make a list. I thought I better not read that list because somebody's going to hear that list and say, well, I was his teacher and he didn't mention my name. And, and then I thought, well, I could just mention my favorite teachers. I thought, no, that might not be good either. Then they really it might offend somebody. Then I thought I could list the worst teachers I've ever had. And I thought, well, I better not do that either. But think about some of the teachers that you have had in your life in school. Think about the teachers you've had in Sunday school. Uh, I remember uh, not only my, my teachers in elementary, 
and junior high and high school. Uh, I remember some of my coaches who taught me a lot. I remember my driver's ed instructor. My driver's ed instructor, he was a neat guy. Uh, he was a Christian, he was born again Christian, and he would, uh, for some reason, the way it worked out, I don't know if they still do this, but he would come to my house. He'd have other drivers with him. But he'd come to my house, and he loved basketball, and we had a basketball court. Mom, you remember that? That basketball court in the backyard in Rockford. And he would pull in the driveway. He'd say, all right, Jeremy, let's play a game of horse. And I beat him. And then I got to thinking, that's not very good. Because if I don't pass driver's ed, I'm not getting my driver's license. And so we kept playing, and I think he eventually won. I won't tell you if I let him or not, but he eventually won. But he was a good teacher. Uh, he taught me how to drive. I think about in college, I had some great teachers. Uh, I had the privilege uh, as a, a high school student, I had the privilege to have my dad as a teacher. My dad was a Christian school teacher for 20 years, and then he was a pastor for 20. And while I was in high school, he taught uh, history, and he taught math, and he taught Bible. And I got to be in his classes, and I enjoyed it. He was my coach. He coached soccer, and I got to play under my dad. I've had some great teachers. But can I tell you, the teacher that all of us must sit and listen to and learn from is the teacher, Jesus Christ, who has something to teach, who has something that we need to glean, that has something that we need to learn. I think about some great teachers I've had in my life, and are you thinking, you don't have to say it out loud, but are you thinking of some teachers you've had that made a difference in your life, some teachers that you loved and you respected? Can I tell you, no matter how great that teacher was, that teacher was still human, right? And how many of you know teachers make mistakes? And all of the students should be raising their hands right now, right? Teachers make mistakes. I saw that hand, Davini. We know you're sitting next to your teacher. You're in big, no, no, I'm just kidding. But you know, teachers make mistakes. I, I've used this illustration years ago, and maybe you've heard it before. But in 2010, during the Winter Olympics in Vancouver, there was a speed skater uh, from the Netherlands. His name is Sven Kramer. Anybody ever heard that name before? Sven Kramer? He had won many gold medals up until 2010. When he got to those Winter Olympics in Vancouver, he had won 18 consecutive uh, races of that particular race. He had won 18 in a row. He had already, in the 2010 Winter Games, he had already won the 5,000-meter race, and he was participating in the 10,000-meter race. He hadn't lost a match in four years in all of the participation he had done in all of the different uh, games and uh, all of the different uh, skating events. But something happened during the 10,000-meter race. He was on pace not only to win the gold medal, he was on pace to set a new world record in the 10,000-meter speed skating. Anybody ever watch speed skating? You've seen that before? Honestly, it's kind of boring. I mean, when you watch it, because what they do is they just take a bunch of laps and they just go round and round and round. But he was uh, the favorite. He was one of the best, and since that particular time, he's won several more gold medals. He won some in 
2014. He won some in 2018. But in 2010, he was on pace to win the gold medal. And his coach, in a split second, his coach pointed him to the wrong lane. It was a split second decision. And you can see, if you see the video, you can see where he hesitated for a second knowing that he probably should have gone the other way, but instead he followed the instruction of the coach. And because he followed the instruction of the coach and the coach was wrong, he was disqualified. He didn't get the gold medal. He didn't get the world record. And you could see the frustration on his face. As a matter of fact, you could see the frustration on the coach's face coach made a mistake. And I tell you, people make mistakes. Pastors make mistakes. Parents make mistakes. Teachers make mistakes. Students make mistakes, right? We all do. But aren't you glad that we have a God who's never made a mistake? And I think that's why David said, God, I could sign up with all the best teachers. I can sign up with the smartest people. I can get instruction from the wisest men on the planet. But he said, God, I need you to teach me. Number one, we see, I'll give you the outline quickly. We see his insecurity when he said that I'm just dust. I am weak. We see number two, we see David's ideas. He said, God, I, I've got a way that I want to go. I've got a path that I want to take. I've got some things that I want to do. But God, I really don't need to do those as much as I need to follow you. Would you notice with me in uh, Psalm 119 and verse number uh, 25, uh, 26, excuse me, he says, I have declared my ways. He says in verse 27, make me to understand the way of thy precepts. Verse 29, remove from me the way of lying. Verse 30, I have chosen the way of truth. Verse number 32, I will run the way of thy commandments. He said, God, I don't want to go the way of lying. I don't want to go the way that I choose. He said, God, I want to go the way of truth. I want to go the way that you direct me. David wrote in Psalm 25 in verse 4, he says, Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. I wonder tonight, I wonder, wonder which way you're going. I wonder which way I'm going. I wonder if someone were to come in and, 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 and they just could very honestly speak and they, we asked them about everybody in this room that they knew and we said, what would you say about so-and-so? I wonder if they would say, that person, they're going the way of the Lord. Or I wonder if there'd be someone who'd say, oh, I think they're going their own way. I wonder if somebody would say about us, there is a person who is going the way of honesty. There is someone that is going the way and they're going the path of kindness. There is someone who's going the way of forgiveness. There is someone who's going the way of contentment. I don't want to go my own way. I don't want to go down the path that I choose. I don't want to go to the direction that I set. I want to get on God's path. I want to get on His way and I want Him to instruct. Number three, David says, God, I need you to be my instructor. He had insecurity. David had some of his own ideas, but number three, he said, God, I need you to be my teacher and my instructor. Notice with me, if you would, verse number 27. 
David says, make me to understand. David said, Lord, maybe I'm not getting it right away. Maybe, maybe I'm not really letting it sink in like I should. God, would you please do something to make me, to show me, to, to, to help me so that I can understand the way of thy precepts. I want to remind you that this book here is the word of God. But I want to remind you that in order for us to understand this book, we need the author to show us some things. We need God to open our eyes like we talked about last week and we pray and say, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Have you ever been reading something maybe at work and something didn't quite make sense and you didn't quite understand it so you asked the person that wrote it. You asked the person that gave it to you said, could you explain this to me? And there's times where we don't understand everything in this book and that's why we go to God and say, God, I need you to help me to understand, I need you to teach me and instruct me. Notice verse number 28. David says, my soul melteth for heaviness. That word in verse number 28, that word melt, it means literally to weep. David says, I'm weeping. I, I'm sorrowful. I am filled with grief and I'm, I'm full of heaviness and he, he pours out his heart to God and he says, God, I'm coming to you because I got some problems that I can't handle. I've got some problems that are too big for me. And, and friend, I know sometimes we come to church and, and you think, you think, oh, everybody at church, they got it all together. Nobody at church has any problems. You know, everybody's, you know, happy and everybody's smiling and everybody's, you know, doing good. I got news for you. This church like any other church, is filled with people that are going through sorrow and people that are broken and people that have heartaches and some of which nobody else knows about and some of which uh, maybe I know some, but I certainly don't know all. And there's a lot of things that nobody knows except for you. That's why we go to God because He can not only hear, He not only knows, but He can do something about it. And David says, God, my soul, it melts. My soul weeps for heaviness. He said, I need your strength according unto thy word. This book right here will give you strength. Maybe you're weeping tonight on the inside. Maybe you'll get home tonight and maybe you'll cry yourself to sleep. And maybe you'll get up tomorrow morning and you'll cry some more. Maybe you'll put on the, the game face for the week and you'll go to work and you'll come back home and maybe there's some sorrow and maybe there's some weeping and you say, I can't get strength. I can't get relief. I can't get help. Friend, I want to tell you, the answer is in the word of God. This is where your strength is going to come from. It's not coming from the news. It's not coming from sports. Uh, some of you, you've been in several years of depression because of college basketball. And I want to tell you, I'm not sure next year is going to be much better for you. But I want to tell you, your strength has got to come from God. You say, oh, I've got a good, I've got a good workplace. That could all change tomorrow. Your job could be turned upside down tomorrow. Uh, the, the economy could go crazy. Uh, by the way, last week was a gas shortage. The week before that, everybody hated law enforcement. 
This week now you've got uh, the, the, the terrorists bombing Israel. There's always going to be something. That's why you've got to get your strength from the Word of God. Because this book never changes. And this is God's holy word. David says, I need some strength to help me through the weeping and help, help me through the sorrow. Verse 29, David says, remove from me the way of lying and grant me thy law graciously. Now, I don't know all that was going on in David's heart, but I know this. Lying has become very commonplace in our society. You talk to some of these law enforcement officers. You talk to these guys and you say, Brother Jake or uh, Brother uh, Dan or Brother Andy, or I'm looking for when we got other law enforcement guys here. I'm not trying to leave somebody out. But uh, you, you look at these guys or Brother Jason and you say, you catch somebody and you ask them, first answer, it's always a lie. I shouldn't say always, 99.9% of the time. First answer is a lie. And, and you know it. You, you've got the evidence. You, you've got it on video, you know. And then finally you show them the video. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe it was something. We live in a world that people seems like can't tell the truth. But may that not be the case with God's children who the Bible says lying lips are an abomination. God hates lying. And I think that's why David says here, he says, remove from me. God, help me to get rid of it. I don't want it nearby. I don't want it in the vicinity. I want it gone. Remove from me the way of lying. And then David says this. This, this wording is so interesting and it's so comforting. He says, and grant me thy law graciously. You see, lying must be removed and lying must be replaced with truth, right? So I need, uh, I need some help. Um, Tyler and James, do you think you guys could come up here and help me? Come on, guys, I need your help, okay? We'll scan in the crowd for some strong, brave, intelligent young men. And there were others, but my, my eyes landed on you guys. Come on up here, guys. Now, we've got these guys up here. Why don't you stand over here, James, on this side. And so, if these guys here, these guys have been causing trouble. You didn't know you were in trouble, did you? Yeah, I had a talk with your dad right before church. No, no, I'm just kidding. You're not in trouble. But if these guys have been causing trouble, and uh, these guys were shooting spit wads during church. I mean, sticking bubble gum under the pews and all that. I mean, it was bad. And so we say, all right, we need to remove these guys, right? We need to get rid of these guys because we don't want spit wads. Matter of fact, Brother and Mrs. Askew, they were trying to figure out what was going on. They were feeling the back of their head. And, you know, uh, Joanna's up here. She's got gum all over her hands from the pews and all that. And and so we said, all right, we got we to gotta remove these guys. So we call security. Brother Jake, I need you, brother. Now, guys, I'm glad I'm not in your shoes because security's coming, right? 
Are you guys fearful at all? Are you nervous at all? You should be. Let's try that again, Tyler. Let's try it again. You should be nervous right here. This is security. This guy's getting ready to remove you. And by the way, James, are you nervous? <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Nobody's going to get hurt. And by the way, we, we didn't rehearse this, so Jake, nobody's getting hurt, okay? Um, and so we said, I called security, and I said, Jake, I need you to remove these guys. Now, there's a couple ways he could remove these guys. But you know, knowing Jake like I do, you know how Jake's going to remove them? Graciously. Gently. Kindly. Now, if these guys resist, I can't guarantee it's going to be gracious, right? All right, Jake, come on up here, brother. I need you to remove these guys graciously. All right? So you guys go with Jake. All right, All right here we go. Tyler. Okay. Whew. I was getting nervous there. I thought they were going to put up a fight. I thought somebody was going to get hurt. Now, you know how Jake could have done it. He could have launched him. He could have launched him into next week. I mean, Jake could have dragged him out of here. He could have been beating him over the head. He could have been using the billy club. He could have been doing it however he wanted to. And you know, because of our sin and because of our lying, we don't deserve the grace and the mercy of God. But aren't you glad that God is gracious to us? We've all been there. And by the way, James and Tyler were not doing spit wads and they weren't doing gum. They were sitting there. They were being awesome. Those guys are great. But you know, many times what we deserve is we deserve judgment. We deserve God to say, I've tried to tell you. I've tried to help you. I've tried to show you. And mercy just ran out. That's what we deserve. But David says, God, I'd like for you, and I pray again that you would grant me thy law graciously with pity and with mercy. So many times we're not merciful to others, but yet God is merciful to us. And aren't you thankful that we don't get what we do deserve? Aren't you thankful that God is long-suffering and kind to us? If we got what we deserved, I promise you, none of us would be here tonight. But because of God's mercy, here we are experiencing God's goodness and God's blessing. David said, Lord, please give me your word, your law, graciously. Verse 30, David said, I have chosen the way of truth. You know, Truth is a choice that you get to make. God's not going to force you to make that choice. You have to make that decision for yourself. I would encourage you to choose the way of truth because when you choose the opposite of truth, when you choose to follow and believe a lie, that's not going to have a good ending. But when you choose the way of truth, you will never regret it. You see, you get to choose the way that you go, but you don't get to choose the end of that way. 
You get to choose what you're going to do and where you're going to go, but you don't get to choose the consequences. Those have already been predetermined. And that's why we should choose the way of truth. Verse number 30, David said, I've chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. He said, God, I've set them up. I've put them in front of me. Maybe that's like putting scripture on the refrigerator. Maybe that's like putting a, a sticky note at the office with a verse that's going to help you to be kind or help you to be patient or, or help you to remember a, a Bible truth. But David said, I have put this before me. Verse 31, David said, I have stuck unto thy testimonies. That word literally means to cling to them, to keep them close. We often think about uh, using like a glue or an adhesive to stick something. And that's the way it ought to be with the Bible. Get something that's going to stick the Bible to you. I don't mean you have to wrap yourself with duct tape so that the Bible's wrapped around your, your chest when you, you know, leave the house, but, but don't get away from this book right here. Cling to and stick with the book. Verse 31, O Lord, put me not to shame. David says, God, I don't want to be a disappointment. I don't want to be a disgrace. I don't want to be a shame to you. God, I want to please you. And in verse 32, David says, I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. David said, God, I'm going to try to run as fast as I can. I'm going to try to get to your word as quickly as I can. Like a Baptist leaving church on a Sunday morning and going to the restaurant. David said, I'm going to get to your book. Like a Baptist on Sunday night when you get home and you make a beeline to that refrigerator, right? Because what happens after church? You're hungry. And all God's people said, amen. amen. So on that note, I think we'll pray and we'll go home and eat. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.